Hi everyone, Chris Owens be here, pastor of Way of Life. Really humbled and blessed that you have taken the time to give us the privilege of bringing the Word of God to you. I believe the message that I'm about to share with you could be something that could positively change your life forever. I do believe that one word from God can change your life forever. So open your heart, receive what the Word of God has to say, and at the conclusion of the message, I want to come back and pray with you. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Pick your Bibles up, please, and look with me this morning to the book of Luke's Gospel, chapter 14. Thank you, brothers. Thank you, team. Wonderful effort today. Wonderful job. So appreciate what we have. You know, if you don't appreciate what you have, why should God add to you? Are you grateful for what you have today in Christ? Praise God. All right. Luke's Gospel, chapter 14. I'll begin reading with verse 16. Then he said to him, talking about Jesus, a certain man gave a great supper and invited many. And he sent his servant at supper time to say to those who were invited, Come, for all things are now ready. They all with one accord began to make excuses. The first said to him, I have bought a piece of ground. I must go and see it. I ask you to have me excused. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I'm going to test them. I ask you to have me excused. Still another said, I've married a wife and I ain't coming. Or therefore I cannot come. So the servant came and reported these things to his master. Then the master of the house being angry said to his servant, go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city and bring in here the poor and the maimed and the lame and the blind. And the servant said, Master, it is done as you've commanded and still there is room. Then the master said to the servant, Go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be filled. For I say that none of those men who were invited shall taste my supper. Notice again, verse 23, that my house may be filled. I want to use for a subject today, fill the house. Fill the house. In this particular passage of Scripture, Jesus was invited to eat a meal at a Pharisee's home. Jesus knew that he was going into territory that would not be a safe place for him. But responding to the invitation and knowing that the Holy Spirit would not lead him to any place that he should not go, he walks into this room and they're observing him to see it's the Sabbath day. Is he going to break a rule? Is he going to do something that he shouldn't do? And there was a man in that house who had dropsy. And Jesus touches the man It's an edema, inflammation type situation. Touches him and heals him. And he speaks to them and says, look, would one of you, if you had an ox in the ditch, would you not get the ox out of the ditch on the Sabbath day? For the religious order of the day could not understand that Sabbath was made for the man and not man for the Sabbath. And really the Sabbath was a 24-hour period and certainly should be something that is honored, uh, that honors God. And I, th- I go to thinking about that, I can get anointed all by myself. Because if, if it is a 24-hour period, why in the world can't every Christ follower, and real saved ones will, make it time to give God at least two hours on a Sunday? At least two. At least two. Now, I know there are exceptions. There's moments. I don't, I'm not being legalistic about it, but the majority of the time, there are exception moments. There's a vacation time. There's a work situation. There are exceptions. But if your whole life is an exception, well, then you're really just off course with your life. That we, that we shouldn't give him that because we want him to give us everything. And it really should go back to honor. But Jesus is saying, it's never inappropriate for me to heal anybody at any time. 
And see, Jesus was not dishonoring the Sabbath. No, that's what people are doing all in the church in America and have been for, many, for much of the time in the last two years have lost their mind in dishonoring what this is about. Because yes, it is a time of rest, but when we come together in worship, we are resting in the faithfulness of God and bringing him honor and gathering as a family of God around the table of his presence. And so he's sitting there and he begins to speak to them because he notices how that they've come into the Pharisee's house and everybody's jockeying for the best seat. And Jesus begins to teach them a parable about what you need to do is take the lesser seat so if somebody more important comes in than you, you won't get embarrassed and you won't have to move. And what he was really teaching them was what we really need to be is the biggest servants. You know all a big shot is? A big shot ain't nothing but a little shot out of town. That's all a big shot is. Because you find out about how big a shot you are when you spend plenty of time around people who so normalize your life and minimize your life. Oh, don't shout me down. I'm telling you one thing. It is, it is amazing through the years some of the things I've experienced in high-level moments where people have valued and appreciated this gospel that I share. But, when you, but one of the reasons why a lot of churches don't last in fellowship and a lot of pastors don't stay anywhere long because when people begin to normalize everything about one another and begin to take one another for granted and begin to think more about themselves and less about servanthood, they begin to minimize and they begin to make light of. But Jesus is trying to teach these people some things even though he knows he's being baited and he's being set up. And then he begins to speak this parable. Because one of the persons pipes up and says when Jesus is referencing the kingdom, oh, how sweet it's going to be, basically. One of the, one of the leaders of the religious order of that day said, oh, it's going to be great to be in that kingdom. And Jesus begins to speak to them about this kingdom. And he tells this, this parable, this story, that a man invited many to a great feast, a, a beautiful prepared feast that he had set up. He sends out invitations even while this is in process. Matter of fact, Noah, bring me about three chairs and just place them right here real quick. Those chairs right there. He begins and just track real close with me because he's just moving chairs. We'll get, I'll let you have the, your attention on the chairs in just a moment. But he begins this feast. It's going to be glorious. It's going to be immaculate. And he sends out invitations. Everyone say invites. He sends out invitations and it is going to be a something that is better than they can even imagine. Something that is so beneficial. This invitation sent out represents Jesus coming unto his own, the Jews. It represents Jesus giving the religion of that hour a chance to experience the greatness of the kingdom. It also represents the religion of any hour, an exchange from their own religion for that which truly is kingdom. We're confused in America. Many believe that religion and kingdom are the same. Many believe that religion uh, in and of itself with its own ideas, its rigidness, it's sometimes it's legalism, sometimes it's looseness, sometimes it's heresy, sometimes it's just craziness is going to equate with the same thing as relationship and kingdom. But there's only one way into the kingdom of God and it is not any other man other than Jesus Christ. He is the entryway into the kingdom and he's the king of it. And so Jesus said he invites this group of people, prepares this wonderful supper and then he sends his servant out. That's what the servant just did. He helped make way. He helped make a way to prepare for these. And when they get their invitation, or when it comes time to get the response, there we go, to the invitation, one of them says, well, I bought a piece of land and I need to go and see it. Now I've heard a couple different schools of thought on this, Bob. 
I've heard some say that in that time, people would buy property without looking at it first. I could understand that a little bit because buying land in most situations is a no-lose situation. But the problem of it is he could have still made this banquet. But he put the buying of the property before the banquet. He put, he put the buying of the property before the opportunity with God and the opportunity to experience the kingdom. Bought a piece of land, need to go and see it. Then another one responds to his invitation and says, well, I bought five yoke of oxen and I need to prove them. Now, this is the one that bum fuzzles me because I'm thinking, what if you got a bunch of dumb oxes? And I said oxes. <laughs> what if you got a bunch of dumb oxes that ain't going to plow? But, but whether if it's the dumbest oxes or the bestest oxes is... Are the best oxes, oxen, oxen, I understand, oxen. I know how to say it, but I'm having fun with this. If it's the, uh, the best oxen, that, that, that the irrelevance of that is you placed natural things. You, you placed making money. You placed business affairs over an opportunity that's going to last beyond this moment. Ladies and gentlemen, everything we do in this earth to the natural has a season to it. I'm not saying it's not important. You need to be a good business person. Don't be slothful in any kind of business that you need to pertain to. But everything that's earthy is going to perish at some point. But everything that is eternal and the kingdom is eternal is never going to perish. Honest to God, if you are 75, 76 years of age, you are still living in your preparatory season. You're on your way to a city whose builder and maker is God if you belong to Jesus. If you don't belong to Jesus, you are not on your way to a city whose builder and maker is God. But we can take care of that today. You are not going to get there because of who you're connected with on the earth. You're going to get there because you decided to say yes to an invitation of the ages from the king of this story who's the king of God. Glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I bought five elk of oxen and I just got to go prove them. Mm. Then the, another one said, I just got married. See these knots all over my head? I is chicken pecked. No, I'm not chicken pecked. I just got hen house ways. And I'm really kind of playing because they didn't know, they didn't say, this is Eastern culture. Wife didn't have much say if he wanted to come. In Eastern culture, women were minimized. How many of you girls crazy about Jesus? Because Jesus did more to liberate women than any, any person has ever done in the history of mankind. It wouldn't really matter what she said, I just got married. I ain't coming. I'm in heat. I ain't coming. <laughs> and they all began to make excuse. And the Bible said the master of the house got angry. This made God angry. You think it ticks a preacher off that cares? This made God angry. Jesus said, the master of the house, the master who had prepared this, Jesus said, I came into my own, my own did not receive me, another will come in his own name, and him they will receive. If we reject the opportunity of the kingdom, we will buy into some form of deception. And anything that is not Jesus, anything where he's not king of kings and lord of lords, is deception. I know that some will say, you're crazy, man. There's got to be another way. Anything that's not Jesus is a deception. If Satan could, he would take you out with a hangnail if he could. And if you put your faith in a hangnail or you put your faith in a statue or you put your faith in the religion that you create because you've heard me say it a bunch of times.
sometimes I'm more concerned and bumfuzzled in this hour about the different religions that people are creating between their ears and they're telling God what they will do and they're telling God what they won't do and they're rewriting the whole ethic code of their lives but they're not doing what the Bible says. You can write your own ethic code. You can believe your own way but when you stand before God you're going to answer to God for the book you created. You will stand before the God who already made clear the way he wanted things. That's the part about God I don't like. Well, you better make an adjustment or get ready for hell then. Because he's God and you're not. And he was God before you was born. And if you would experience him, you would find out he's wonderful. But if you're self-centered and proud and pompous and arrogant and you expect even heaven to bend down and bow its knee and give you what you want, boy, I'm glad God's not like that because you would damn yourself all by yourself. How many of you look back over your shoulder and there were some times in your life you didn't need a devil. I mean, you'd done gone a full set of horns yourself. You were wrecking your own life. Oh, but we have a king who knows how to reach us and some will hear the word of the king and run to it and some will come up with some weak dumb excuse so Jesus says the master says Get these out of here. I'm ticked off of them. Look what I've done for them. I'll tell you what else this projects. Really evangelism is not how many churches you can join and go from church to church to church to church and to church. Real evangelism is not the body of Christ just moving around like us just you know, smearing oil and water mixed. Real evangelism is reaching out to a people that have never really got a chance to hear the invitation. But when the Lord gets angry in this text, everybody, he amps it up. Pay particular attention to Jesus because he goes from inviting to saying, bring them. And he says to his servant, he says uh, in his anger, and so some things, why? why? Why anger? Because of the rejection. I got all this good for you. You wouldn't even have the gifts you have. You wouldn't be able to buy the land you have. You wouldn't be able to have the oxen that you have. You wouldn't be able to have that woman that you have. You don't know what to do with her without me anyway. You wouldn't have anything if it wasn't for me. But if that's the way you want to treat it, you're out. I'm going to prove that to you biblically. If you want to do it, you can do it your way, but you're out. Oh, brother, I'm saved no matter what. You are not saved to be stupid. You are not saved to be rebellious. You are not saved to change the teachings of God. And I, I know, I know I sound, I sound, I, you sound like an old time preacher. Well, maybe we need some old time, on time, right now truth telling. Angry, he's angry because of the rejection of the wonderful opportunity of the ages. He says, go out quickly. Go out quickly into the servant. Get them. Bring me some chairs. We're going to fill this house. We're going to fill. They don't care about filling the house. They don't even halfway commit anyway. They're not all in anyway. You can't count on them anyway. They join the church and never become anything anyway. They claim me but live far from me anyway. They do what they want to do and then when they all hell hits the fan and they need me, they cry out to me. But they're not really part of the answer. You look at the soul winners. All the soul winners in our churches are people that are so grateful that they're reached. I told you the percentages. The percentages. No, 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 no. It was supposed to be five the first time. That's okay. The ability to follow an instruction. Go ahead and bring them all up here. I'm messing with you. Go ahead and bring them all up here. That's okay. We'll work it out. Hallelujah. I might not have done as good a job as I thought I did. Don't, don't criticize your help too bad. If I'd done a better job as a leader, I probably got five. But it's hide. It's hide. The, thank you, son. And so, you're good. 
So with, with this, he says, go out into the highways and hedges. He said, no, streets and lanes. Go into the streets and the lanes of the city. Listen, listen to what he says right here. Verse 21. Go to the streets and lanes of the city. Bring. We're not just inviting now. We're bringing them. We're bringing them. We're taking this to extreme measure. We're bringing them. We're bringers. We'll do whatever we got to do. Going to fill this house. This has not been set for an empty space and place. This is set because there is eternal intention with this. Bring in here the poor and the maimed and the lame and the blind. Come on, let's, let's fill the house. We're going to bring them. We're going to bring them. We're going to bring them. We don't care if their skin is brown. Oh, I'm preaching. I'm preaching, I'm preaching. We don't care if they wear a cap and shorts and they're a teenager with very white legs. I love you, man. You're my buddy. Sit down right there. Sit down. We're going to fill this house. They might not just be like me in every way, but we're going to bring them. We're going to bring them because there's a place for them. Bring them, bring them, bring them. Look, church, we didn't get to this point by not being bringers. It's good to invite. When an invitation works, it's a good thing. But sometimes you've got to up the level and say, I'm going to make myself a little bit more available. I'm not just going to issue an invitation. I am going to be a bringer. Everybody shout, fill the house. We just keep reaching and we just keep looking and we don't pay attention to what they have or don't have, what their current circumstances are or are not. We are going to fill the house because everybody matters. I'm telling you, I watch it in our city, proselyte mess that goes on it is not evangelism and preacher if you do it it's a lie and you know it it's not the answer that's not evangelism that is manipulation to your own flesh evangelism is going for the unsaved there's a drug culture out there there's a religious boy I lost some of you I lost some of you because I busted the hind end of proselyting look it's got to be dealt with because it's nothing more than some wolf taking somebody out of where they belong. And the sad thing is is some sheep ain't got enough sense to know where they belong. Why? Because if you study the nature of sheep, of all the things that God compares us to, the sheep part doesn't really stroke our ego that big. But evangelism is going after the ones that others have overlooked. They might smell like reefer. I think this guy does. Come on. <laughs> May smell like Jack Daniels. Bring them in anyway. Hallelujah to the Lamb. Folks, when this whole thing's over, let's make sure we do it right. Let's make sure we do this to the honor and the glory of God. Do you know how difficult it is for God to be able to get somebody in the place where they belong, which in his will, that he can grow them and develop them and use them? I. That's why anybody who's ever come to this church, they've all heard me say it. If they came from another church, first question, did you leave right? Not, first thing I saw was a nose, a butt, and tithe. I am not a hireling or a wolf. I'm preaching better than you're letting on. But did you leave right? Why? Because if they don't leave right, we don't need what they're bringing here. Sometimes people need to make a move if it's the direction of God. But you can do it with integrity and you can do it with character and you can speak to your former pastor and leadership so that they will not wonder what's going on and you can tell them what to do. But many people don't have enough integrity to do that because preachers have not taught them how. That really is not supposed to be the focus of this message. The focus of this message is the guy that smells like reefer the pretty lady that's dressed all super nice 
the man who is with a cool hat, the lady with a savage tan, all these people of difference. He says, bring them. We're going to have a full house. Why? Because Jesus always had a plan to bring everybody in. Some people just didn't stay around long enough to see the plan. But praise be unto God for the opportunities of those who can step into the moment, can be brought in, brought in, to bring them, to bring them. Somebody brought you to Jesus. Do you remember? Do you know the, it's, it's sobering. Most Christians have never led anybody to Christ. Never, never, never. Now we can get all depressed because we ain't never done it. Or we can say, you know what, that needs to change. I need to be a bringer. That needs to change. I don't, want to, I don't want that to be part of my legacy that I didn't lead anybody to the Lord. Jesus changed my whole life. I don't want that to be how I'm remembered. And so the, the, the servant comes back and says, look, uh, we've gone out. We've done what you said. And we got a lot of, we got some fresh faces. And don't they look good? They smell a little bit, you know, like the world, but don't they look good? I miss <laughs> you know, I was in, when I was in Russia, not, not Russia, but Ukraine, Ukraine, just right there on the edge of Russia, with Tommy Tenney back in summer, I think, remember, 2012, something like that. We walked, we started to walk into the, the building where they were, this, this strong, powerful church was where Tommy was, one of the places he was preaching. And we started to walk in that building together, and we, we got close to the building. And it looked like that people had gone out of their way to throw cigarette butts. I'll just pile them up in front of that door. I mean, there was cigarette butts, some beer cans, different things. And Tommy walked by and turned and looked at me and said, looks like church growth to me. <laughs> oh, it sucks if you're the one that has to clean it up. But it looks like church growth to me. Huh? Huh? I'll tell you what's really terrible. You got this wonderful place and empty seats. And the seats being filled matter because souls matter. And the one who set up this whole thing, who paid the ultimate price to make this available, especially matters. Are you hearing me? So he says, he doesn't say, well, praise the Lord. You know, we're up to, we're up to the new, new coded standard. You know, we're up to maybe, we got about 50%. That's good enough. No, 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 no. The new norm, I'm not buying into it. I'm not buying it. I can't help who's falling away. I can't help who's cut and run. I can't help who's quit. I can't help who may never come back. I'm not closing the door on anybody. I believe people can still come to themselves. I believe, I'm preaching better than you're letting on. I believe people can turn around. It's going to be up to them to turn around. And it's not going to be easy because many of them have convinced themselves, you know, it's a whole different way now. Well, it's your way, but, it, but, but the new norm is not going to be accepted. Full house is what the Lord says. So he says, okay, servant, go out, take it to another level. And he says, go into the highways and the hedges, as the old time preacher one time said, go into the highways and the byways. I'm thinking you preach it, bro. Just preach it. Somebody preach it. Go into the highways and the byways, the hedges, and compel them. Starts out with one level, an invitation level. But aggression begins to flow because the banquet matters so much. And if you don't think about this well, you don't understand not only is this banquet the invitation to eternal life, but it's also in honor of the king of glory. When you get to heaven, you're not just going to do all the things you want to do only. Although I believe you'll get to do everything you ever wanted to do that was good. But you're going to be, you're going to be part of some things that are so much all about him. And it's going 
to be off the chain. I've thought about it. I've dreamed about it. I've sung about it. I've prayed about it. I've studied about it. And it's going to be more better. Look at someone say, more better. Ooh, hallelujah. More better, more better, more better than we've ever dreamed. He said, now you go into the highways and hedges, servant, compel them to come in. Any way you look at that word, compel, it's aggressive. Compel them. Have that uncomfortable conversation. Compel them. Send that uncomfortable letter. Compel them. Go and visit them and talk to them about, I'm talking about lost people. I'm talking about lost family members. I'm talking about lost, lost cousins. I'm talking about lost siblings. I'm talking about lost people in our community, in our region. Have that conversation. Well, I don't want to offend them. The worst offense will be this, that we knew about the banquet table, that we had a seat at the table, and there were empty chairs that could have been filled, but nobody was willing to raise it up and compel. When you get into compelling, the, the modern church is going to look at you funny. They're going to tell you it doesn't take all that, but I encourage us church, let's pay more attention to Jesus than we do to people who speak on behalf of Jesus that only tell us a portion of the truth. He said, go into the highways, the hedges, go into the extreme areas and compel them to come in. Fill the house. That even means people like this. That church will take anything. My God. Have a seat, you belong. Have a seat, you belong. Even the glamorous can be part of this church. The people of glamour. The people who know how to wear their makeup really well. I know some women that need some lessons from you. There's a seat for you. There's a seat for you. If you're in the hood. He's in his hood. There's a seat for you. If you drive a Mercedes, there's a seat for you. If you're the richest person in this city, there's a seat for you. If you're so poor you can't pay attention, you can't spell attention, there's a seat for you. If you are a homosexual, there is a seat for you. If you're an alcoholic, there's a seat for you. If you are jacked up and messed up, there's a seat for you. Why? Because this ain't my kingdom. This is my king's kingdom and I'm part of this kingdom and I'm going to make a thrust and a press with this true church for the ones that the Lord believes matters. And while many have written some off, we don't just need to teach people how to have coping skills. We need to show them how to get life. What are we doing, church? Trying to teach people how to cope with things. They can be free from. Roy, when your sweet bride left this world, you had to learn to live with her on the other side. But you know what? God never intended that you would just develop good coping skills. He intended that you would be healed. You'll never not have that special place in your life for Quay. But look at you in this place. Yeah, you smell like reefer. But I'm so... He don't smell like reefer. He's just my, he's just my example. But we've had him come in here like that. I tell you, I'm... Looked, I'm, I'm, I'm See, I'm, I'm, honestly, I'm tired with people who can't make up their mind. Are they going to serve God? Are they going to serve the devil? Are they going to serve the world? Some people are just, they're in and out all over the place. You really don't know where they're staying because here's the truth. I got to read this to you. One of my friends sent this to me this week. I wish I could throw it up on the screen. But I can't. I can't throw it up on the screen. I'm not going to throw up either, so you're in good shape. Praise the Lord. Praise the, look at someone and say, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. He's preaching his guts out, but I'm glad he's not going to throw up, praise the Lord. He said something, and I, I hope you can hear this. If you want to know someone's mind, listen to their words. If you want to know their heart, watch their actions. 
you want to know someone's mind, listen to the words. And of course, this doesn't mean an occasional slip or a stumble. This means the majority of your life. If you want to know their heart, watch their actions. Fill the house. Wait a minute, there's still room. I mean, we got... We got the woman of wonderful makeup. We have Duck Dynasty. We have the man in the hood. We have Reefer Man. We have Beautiful Lady. We have Cool G. We have Eddie. Give me a low five. And we have Savage Tan. That my house may be filled. This young lady came to this place. I don't know what got into her, but she flipped her wig and lost her mind. I got to get my siblings in here. I got to get my siblings in here. I got to get my brothers and sisters in here. This place is not just good for me. I'm not just getting a break from my siblings when I come here. You're crazy. You wanted all of your siblings to go to heaven with you. What's the deal with that? Shout hallelujah. The house, well, you know, we're, we're way above what the COVID norm would be now of, of who, as far as church attendance will be again. So be satisfied, there's still one chair left. Still one chair left. Still one chair left. Oh, the medical field. <laughs> one chair left. Come on. Yep. You're welcome. <laughs> One chair left. Hallelujah to the Lamb. <laughs> Hallelujah to the Lamb. Hallelujah to the Lamb. And look how different they all look. And look how beautiful they are. And look how valuable they are. And look how significant that they are. Oh, hallelujah. You see, Jesus did all this for you, but look what you've done for him by willing to be one of those who said, no, sir, I will not reject the invitation. Jesus said, none of the people who got the first invitation are going to taste my supper. They are out. It is over for them. It is a done deal. That's pretty tough stuff right there. But that's what the master said. But for all these others, look at them, look at them, look at them. And I'm telling you. And when he brings us in, that means the people we have influence with, we can bring them in as well. That means we can bring our wives, our husbands, we can bring our children, we can bring our siblings, we can bring our friends, we can bring our enemies. Probably pretty good to win your enemy to Jesus before you bring them so we don't have no fights break out in the church. But bring them, bring them, bring them, bring them, bring them. Quit, quit worrying about, I wonder where such and such is. I wonder what such and such is doing. Quit worrying about all that. Listen to me. I'm, I'm not going to tell you what everybody's doing anyway. I am that crazy preacher who when people make decisions and choices, I don't put it on, I don't, I don't go, out, I go out and say everything. Even when people do things that they need to do which is best for them, I don't say a whole lot. I just don't do that because I know my voice is weighty and I don't want my words being twisted. What I want us to do is let's just be excited about who we have. It's good to check on one another. It's good to be concerned about one another. But let's be focused on that harvest that has not been reached and not been touched because that's what we have in front of us in this moment and these are the ones that matter most right now. Right now. If all we do is sit around and polish each other Lick our wounds. Focus on our challenges. The devil will cause us to live a paralyzed life. But you know what? He can't stop you from reproducing after your kind. If you see somebody you know that you think, you know what? They'd be valuable in the house. There's a place for them. And we are that church. I don't care what it costs me. I, I, look, we had people not come here because we were multi-ethnic. Oh, we had people of different ethnicities when there began to be unrest take, unrest take place in our country. Not be part anymore. But here's the thing. There is a color that is the color of love. 
And we are about a 50-50 ratio ethnic group. And you know what that's African-American and that's Caucasian. African-American, pretty well predictable. Caucasian, all kind of flavors, all kind of difference. But we also have some Hispanics, not nearly enough. I'm believing for more. Why? Because I want this place to look like heaven. And I don't really want it to be a reason. Because if you try to reach somebody because of their difference, that's weird. But if you reach somebody because there's a place for them at the table and they are, they are worthy of being loved and worthy of being reached, and then you get to celebrate their difference. Fill the house. Fill the house. Oh, but they've got issues. I'm going to tell you, man, I, through the years, we had certain kinds of people come to this place and some people just weren't comfortable. So they just loaded their little religious tail up and went some other place. I didn't tell them to go. But I didn't chase around behind them worrying about their tithe dollars because they felt like I guess they were too good for that kind of people. I'll tell you something else that reeks. If somebody has a lot of stuff, they ought not be treated like they're some crooked jack leg. They need to be respected and valued as well. That should never be how we see one another. And only through the eyes of Jesus will we see people right. Because every soul is important. When I stand before God, I want to be able to say, He's Lord. These are the ones that you brought up out of Egypt. These are the ones that you brought up out of the land of bondage. Look, and Lord, look at them. These are their families. They turned around and won their families. They won their communities. You're, you're light. You're light. You're light. You're light, everybody. You're light. And listen to me. Well, it's, you know, my, my call isn't to... Yes, it is. Part of your call is to invite, to bring, to compel. That may not be all of your call. Um, it's, it shouldn't be all of all of our call, but it should be a major part of all of us. Invite, bring, and compel. As the Spirit of God is moving and speaking. Try some kind of pad sound, but I need something with something with a little bit. Just be led. Just be led. As the Spirit of God moves in this room, I want to say thank you to the persons that allowed me to. Just draft them into this service today. I love you so much. I love this city. I've given it two and a quarter decades of my life. I love this, this nation. I've spent my, my adult life lifting Jesus high. And he said, when you do, I'll draw all men to me. I feel like saying something to men. Man, I know it's not going to be the easiest thing to do to get yourself in church because maybe you feel like the failures of your life and the failures of your past are so big and you're afraid you're afraid people are going to just Throw it up in your face and maybe you're married. You're afraid if I really surrender to God, my wife is going to hold it over my head and try to whip me into line if I ever get off course a little bit. I'm praying that it gets to the place like it has been in different times in this ministry. That we had as many men as women. Saved men need to be in church. But I'm making a call for unsaved men to become saved men. Because if you're a saved man and you're in church somewhere, you need to stay where you are unless God says different. Don't let no preacher, don't let nobody talk you out of where you belong. But I'm making a call for unsaved men. Unsaved women. Unsaved kids. unsaved children there's a place for you not only at way of life but in the kingdom of God today you heard 
evangelist pastor preach to you today. I brought it down to home because this is the place that I'm the apostle of this work. This is the place I, I'm to be a shepherd over. But this message is even far bigger than way of life. It's to whosoever will will come to the kingdom. As the Spirit of God is moving and speaking, I want you to stand all over the room if you would, please. I'm going to ask y'all just to go ahead and stand. You can, you can just sort of slip down into the congregation. That way you won't feel like nobody's staring at you. Josh, just help her on those steps if you don't mind. I love you, Roy. Blessed man. Hallelujah. Fill the house. Fill the house. Fill the house. Fill the house. I know what I preach today is an invitation for all kind of things. But our master doesn't need to be insulted with a church that's only interested in trying to prop up with toothpicks believers. Because I believe strong believers are becoming disciples. And I believe strong believers can get excited about somebody new in their brokenness, finding their way to Jesus like we did. I have been so broken. I have been so lost. I have been so far from God. But now I am not. I'm near to Him. I go through times just like you. Life can be crazy sometimes, can't it? Sometimes it seems like all the bowling pins drop at one time, doesn't it? And things are happening that are crazy. And it's like, okay, what's going on here? But I promise you, grace is not the problem. It's just the world we're in, the brokenness of it. And sometimes when you're making a strong reach, sometimes the fallout of other people's decisions affects your life. Oh, but when you have a walk with Jesus... You'll never be lonely again. And when that kidney punch feeling eases, you'll be okay. I mean, I, I told you during worship um, today, I spared you most details. I went to sleep, but right, right about 10 minutes after one, boom, my eyes came open. And so many crazy thoughts going through my head. And all of them real issues. But all of it was sent to just weigh me down. Because God didn't want any good thing to happen in any of us today. He wanted to shift every bit of focus that He could today. But when I started praying, Jesus says through us to the writings of James, draw nigh to God and He will draw nigh to you. All that old crazy heaviness began to lift and somewhere about 2 o'clock, I hit just the edge of the third watch of the night and it was like somebody clubbed me behind the ear with a monkey wrench. Boom. I was out for the rest of the duration. I want you to do one thing with me right now. I want you to join hands with the person beside you. I love you all. I appreciate you all. I value you all. I don't look past you. I only wish I really could have the time to let all of you know just how much I do appreciate you and how I genuinely feel about you because you matter so much. Right now, we're going we're gonna to make one more strong effort to fill the house. Because it's not just enough to be in this room. There's an acceptance that needs to take place. And it's the acceptance of Jesus. It's the receiving of Jesus. And just a moment without any... Well, drop that. And just a moment, 
And you'll know if it's invite, if it's bring, if it's compel. You'll know that's God's job today. I want you to turn to that precious person, perhaps whose hands you hold or is standing near to you. If you're at home, I pray you're doing this. If you're watching by YouTube, I hope you're doing this. If you're just watching the archive, I believe God even put this in that moment. And you standing by that person, I want you to turn to them in just a moment and say, look, I don't condemn you. I care about you. And you don't owe me a bunch of details about anything. But I would love to lead you to Jesus right now. I would love to help connect you with Jesus right now. I would love for you to be able to surrender to and meet Jesus right now. This is your moment. We want to fill the house. There's a space for you. This is your moment. Would you let me lead you to Jesus? Would everybody turn to that person beside them right now? No matter how well you know them, no matter what the situation, would you help me evangelize this congregation today? <coughs> All over the room, would you do it? In Jesus' name. Let's give each other a chance. Let's give that precious one a chance. God bless you. God bless you, dear. God bless you. 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 God bless you, Noah. Noah, come stand by her on this other side. I love your oldest daughter. I don't think I've ever had the privilege of meeting you. What is your name, sweetheart? I love you, Ash. God bless you. Would everyone welcome Ash today? Is there before we before before I pray whether she's on her way to Jesus right now? Is there one more in the mighty name of Jesus? What about right there where you are? I'm about to lay this microphone down and go to work in a different kind of a way. I'm going to minister life to this precious young lady. Is there one more in the name of Jesus? Is the Holy Spirit's moving? You know, I, I somehow or another I didn't touch it till now. I just believe I'm just going to trust the Lord with it. Noah started something that I encouraged him to do, that each one reached one emphasis, that he started the Sunday a few Sundays ago when he preached, and really it flowed right into last Sunday with our children's event, altars filled, and we want to keep this mindset, this heart set, and keep reaching, keep reaching, keep reaching, keep reaching. Why? We get to fill the house while we can. All right, if, you, if you're not right with God and you want to get right with Him, these altars are open. They are not closed. We move, we'll move these chairs out of the way. These altars are open. There's still room. Right now, I want to lead Ash to my master. Amen. Praise God. You know, I really don't know what your need is today, but the Holy Spirit knows. And He's used this service, this message, to speak into your life. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, really all you need to do is get real with Him and say, Lord, I'm a sinner, and I desperately need a Savior. And you're the only one who can. I invite you into my life. I ask you to save me. I need you as also to be my Lord. I give myself to you and my life to you. And Father, not only do I pray and celebrate these that are coming to you, but for those that need a special touch in their family, for those that need a divine touch in their body, for those that need a surge of encouragement, for those that need increased joy, and for those that are growing that they will become all that they are called to become. I declare your blessing over the people, and I thank you that the anointing of the Holy Spirit is moving powerfully on their behalves. In Jesus' wonderful name. Until next time, I'm so grateful that you've joined us, and I pray that you will continue to check out our regular podcasts.